It's Blamo. I'm Jeremy Kirkland. We're all here. I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm back from Toronto, where it was cold, it was rainy, but the food. Oh, God, the food. Can I, can I just say how much I love going out to dinner right now? I mean, I don't know if it's like kind of post-pandemic sort of thing, or I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but because I do it so little now, when I do, I want to go big, and I want to enjoy it. Like, I want, like, dinner, you know? Like, I don't want to bite. I don't want to quick something. I don't want to like sit and stand and, and munch on a snack. Like I want a dinner. Like let's let's sit down for three hours and enjoy ourselves. Seriously, I'm trying to pivot my, my whole dinner mentality because at home it's you eat for 15 minutes and then you take turns holding a baby. But outside, oh man, it's oh it's sweet. So yes, I was in Toronto. I went to Prime Seafood Palace, friend of the pod, Maddie Matheson's new spot. It was heaven. Toronto is, is like a clean New York. You're right. Ever, uh, so many people DM me when I was there and it's like, hey, Toronto, it's clean New York. You're all right. You're right. It is. Thank you for the tips. And yes, I don't know what camp you're in, but Tim Horton's coffee is also dope. Okay, enough about T-Town. This week, my guest, it's Angelo Arusia, founder and creative director of Forest Designs. Look, he's been on the pod before, right as he was about to debut his brand in March 2020. Not sure if you remember that time, but things got a bit nuts, and so did Angelo. But I, I said this on the Patreon episode last week. I believe he is the best designer out there right now, running the best brand in the world. <laughs> Honestly, everything about 4S is rewarding. The garments are absurdly over-engineered. There's convictions to what he makes. And if you don't want to dig deeper, you don't have to. You can find his clothes, buy it, enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. It's beautiful. You can have a deep relationship with it or just have it. It's, it's, I love it. Angelo and I discuss working through the pandemic, what he learned to engineer garments, how he's handled all the attention he's received, finding himself through his brand and what's next for Forest Designs. Here we go. Thanks for coming in. No, thank you. Uh, fun fact, mm-hmm. obviously you came on this show years ago, right as you were about to launch. Right, right before the pandemic, I think. Right before the pandemic. Right. And then what happened? <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it was tricky. It was tricky. I was early enough and uh, I was able to get into like the mills and the factories just, just before like the door closed. So I was able to produce everything. Um, I mean, it wasn't as timely as I would have wanted, but uh, within the reason of normal deliveries. Yeah. And you, and you also were traveling during like so the I was pandemic, able- the peak pandemic, you know, taking COVID tests, coming in and out of countries, right. making clothes, doing all the, I mean, right. yeah. So basically like my original business plan was for my team to come stateside because after working the way I worked, I wanted to have uh, stability to work on myself, you know, my health and my mind, I guess. And unfortunately, because of that, I mean, Italian nationals haven't been able to travel. I, they started traveling last November. Okay. So it meant I had to go there. Right. Nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was able to get a, a special kind of uh, permission of sorts uh, to travel in. And I remember the first flight was the most surreal thing ever. It was like a sci-fi movie. Um, it was basically to Rome, only to Rome. And you had to take a PCR, then you had to take a rapid before you boarded. And then as soon as you got off, oh, nothing on the plane, like um, everything had to be sealed. Um, You know, everyone was like KN95 masked up. Um, It was just bizarre. You know, it's just a bizarre thing. Like, you know, the the people on the plane didn't speak to you at all almost, you know, it's like, and it's a long flight, you know. So, but when you land, um, you have to 
go into like this kind of barricaded section and it's like curtained up and it's like three different types of military i guess so it's like probably like the national army of sorts yeah and then probably local police and then like their version of an mta i guess sure and they're like all like with like machine guns you know so it's like you're like huh and then uh, you you know you're 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 supposed to be far apart and it's like my section was just like me and a bunch of nuns right okay and then it's like so it's very intense right and then you get to a place and it's just like these like young men and women in like really neat aprons coming up to you and like oh americano espresso and then you know everybody's getting tested again even before passport control so it just feels like just like wild yeah you're like uh i'm here to make clothes (laughs) exactly i'm like i'm not saving lives or or here for for vatican purpose or something intense like that and so uh yeah but then you do that and it's it's you know you wait some time and then uh you go to passport control they don't even ask you anything and you're free to go you could do whatever you want anywhere in italy and uh then i have to take like uh that first time, I don't remember if I took a train or a flight. I don't remember. Because so, you were like... Because I'm in Bologna. I'm based in Bologna. Yeah. As like my hub. Yeah. And I have like a studio and my office and uh, warehouse there. Right. And that's because like I manufacture and develop as far north as uh, Venice. Mm-hmm. And now I started doing... Uh, before it was just about Florence. And now I go down to Puglia. Okay. Where's that? It's in the very south of Italy. It's like the heel. Okay. Right, you know, right. where like the James Bond, the last James Bond movie was the first like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Puglia. Okay. It's beautiful. You should go. It's amazing. Add it to the list. And the food is, <laughs> oh, let me know. I'll give you spots. It's like, it's Puglia is amazing. I mean, I can't wait to take my family there, but it's, uh, um, yeah. So anyway, Bologna is very central for that. And, um, it just works really well to kind of move around a lot. Yeah. And since then, I mean, you know, and how many, but j- sorry, just zoom out for one second. Yeah, yeah. How many times did you go to Italy a year? Because I think a lot of people think that like designing it, you know, especially now where some people will view a designer as some, as some sort of like paint by numbers thing or right. some sort of, I add this or I chose this fabric and then I got it made. But it's like, right. you're, you're designing textiles. I'm designing textiles. You're designing Shooting the myself clothing. in the foot. No, you're designing the clothing. Yeah. Then you, and you're also handling the production for that. I mean, I know you have a team, but it's like. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as creatively, uh, it's just me. Um, and it's tricky. But for me, just like having, I, I, you know, my experience with Nepenthes allowed me to kind of have this muscle that I never knew I had. That creative part of all of this is very, it's simpler for me than I think the next person. Um, And it's not really related to kind of history. I started realizing that for me, it's just like, I think about more of like what it maybe the feeling of something is versus like the exact thing. So just my experiences, even before Nepenthes, being able to just run around New York City and kind of having so much access. Um, I just think about like random things that kind of don't connect and try to connect the dots. Right. Uh, and I know that sounds it's it's too that's a lot for like just a, a very simple answer. But uh, the idea mostly is that I understand how far I can push a mill or a factory and I push as much much as I can mm-hmm. till I understand that it, it won't give anymore, you know, because my pursuit of all of this is to do something new. I don't even know sometimes what that new thing is, but um, I wanted to 
be something I'm not seeing or something that is an answer to something that I've, I've, I've been questioning for a while. So going there and talking to these people, they were able to really, especially the mills, really early on get inspired by me questioning them. Like, right. I would say to them, why? And they would be like, what? Yeah, like, what do you mean you don't, and why, then why I would, I would, I would kind of say, I started in that, in that instance, kind of referencing things like the idea of Armani. Like when Armani was more American than he was really Italian, like the sportswear aspect of it. And I would say to them, like the idea of it, not the actual thing. And they were like, oh, and it kind of, uh, allowed me to have a relationship with them. Yeah, because I mean, the, you've done and have developed textiles of things that like almost are oxymorons and that like the the, the jacket you're wearing when we met right. up, what you said it's like a waterproof leather? Well, actually, yeah. So it's bonded with uh, uh, a very lightweight uh, waterproof, <laughs> windproof scenario. So it's bonded, but it's not taped. So I can't say it's waterproof. Okay, fair. So basically, since it's backed, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and then they... They treat it, they have a treatment that doesn't really last very long. It, it's meant to last like about five years, but when you use it, it, it gets lower and lower. So it's got two different, like it's treated with the thing on top and then it has the backing. So I wanted to just make something like, I usually have this kind of uh, Patagonia jacket that is like a very, very light shell that they don't even make anymore. That is taped up, waterproof, but it's, it's the, I've broken the seal. It's very old, but they don't make it anymore. And I love it because you could just pack it in a bag. And I wanted to kind of think of the idea of just doing something that is with more craft, but you know, you could kind of say luxury. That's a more simplistic way to say it, but something that just you don't want to get rid of. Like with a nylon jacket, I think sometimes you just want to be like, ah, I'll get another one. Right. I right. think with a with a leather kind of raincoat, you wanna you wanna hold on to it. Yeah, but leather and raincoat are almost Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but I think that's that's the point. Like for me, because it's like the stuff that you made, even the other night we were hanging out, you had the uh it was well, I, I won't try to put words in your mouth, but it's like the deer skin denim right so it's deer skin that but they looks like jeans it looks like an aged denim yeah i've been i've been trying to do that for some time um and finally we got they got it right earlier this year and basically it's uh it's printed in a very specific special way that you that has to have the, the grain of denim um but basically it's just like uh for me that's like it's luxury for yourself like yeah. if you, if I didn't tell you, you probably would not have picked up that it was that. But no, when I mean, you, it's, yeah. And when you touch it, when you feel it, it's like heaven. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's like, it's like sexy. It's like, it's so many things. It's this idea of, of falling in love with clothing in a different way, right? Where it's not the, about the, the luxury that I try to make is not for like the ostentatiousness of like flash. And sometimes I make a little sparkly things. Don't get me wrong, but it's more craft that you have to appreciate in person. You know, it's it's like the hand, the human hand in a different way, um, more analog. Yeah, and I think like, I, I'm not taking credit for this quote, but someone had said like, luxury is something that, you know, makes you comfortable when you have it and uncomfortable when you don't, you know? And uh. I think like you have, there's this like new embodiment of luxury that you've created. And the word to just, like saying luxury to describe what you're doing is almost trite. Because of, like, I- Thank you. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying like, I think the stuff that you've made, and I say this- this is like a genuine curiosity, not like, oh, let me set you up here. Like there's still head scratchers to me because it's stuff that's like, man, I want that. And I can see how that would fit in with stuff that I have. And then when you show me how it fits in with your wardrobe, like your lookbooks, similar to the stuff that, you know, when you worked on when you were at Engineer Garments and Nepenthes are just total head scratching, like 
beautiful like works of art. Like I mean, it's like it's so perplexing. Uh, well, I guess that's what I mean. I want to make something new, right? And it's uh, definitely new. And I still, you know, I I still believe in servicing the customer. I still believe in the store. I still believe in in humanity to a certain degree. I know that that sounds really heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I feel like you know, it's like I try to make work where it reminds you of why you fell in love with something, with clothing, with an object, with uh, you know, with an iPhone. You why know? did you fall in love with clothing? It's very a uh, very good question. I fell in. I fell in love with clothing because it was an, a piece of armor for me as a kid. You know, growing up the way I grew up, you had to like out style the next person. So for me, at first... you grew up here. Yeah, yeah, in New York. I yeah. came here when I was three uh, from El Salvador. Uh, when you're growing up, you know, there's a point in time where people become bigger than you. People have more money than you. And so you have to figure out how you can still live in that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Right? And at first, it's like, like a natural instinct just to like survive. But then you kind of have fun with it, right? And I didn't realize all of this till I was much, much older. Like for me, I never really thought I would ever get into the clothing business at all. But I also loved product, you know, just like I said, iPhone before. Like yeah, when, yeah. when you were a kid and you had a, the new, I remember I had a Voltron that was metal. Hell yeah. You know, I don't even, I don't even know if it's like the real thing or not. Diecast aluminum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you, you, you look at things now and it's just like, it's not the same. But yeah. there are certain things that yeah, I, sure. you're like, you know, it's like they feel so much more genuine and authentic. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I've always been like very much drawn to that kind of product, you know, from it's not just clothing. But then I started finding it in product. Um, You know, once I started being in the business, you just kind of I was fortunate that I was able to uh, live in a bubble and just really live my regular life. And it was work. And I always approach things that I worked for for someone. So I didn't really come into it with an ego. It wasn't like, you know... Because you were more curious than like you were trying to accomplish something? Is that, is that- uh, I was really inspired by Daiki a lot because me and him Suzuki are, of Yeah, Daiki of- Suzuki of Engineered Garments. I, I was very inspired by him and by Todd Killian. He, uh, he does the production there. He was a designer in his own right years earlier. But I was so inspired by them still wanting to make something beautiful. You know, it wasn't, and, and, and me and Daiki in particular love a lot of the same things. We just love it in different ways or respect. Maybe that's a better word for it. And so it was very inspiring to me to work for someone like him. Mm-hmm. And also um, he was very kind in the sense of like also sharing so much and being very honest with me about things. Yeah. And so, you know, the work was so much that it really didn't allow me to have a social life in the fashion world. Right. And I think that that's, I mean, that nails it because you're not a fashion industry sort of guy. No. But every person I know in the fashion industry, and thankfully I now know enough that they're like, yo, for us, favorite brand. <laughs> so like, here's the thing. Well, if, if you can't, like, how do you, why do you think that is? Because the product is super technical. It's, I don't know anyone who under, who truly understands the brand. And I think that the, People are so, they're confronted by the challenge of understanding it that right. they fall in love with it. Right. And also the pieces alone, mm. it's like, oh, of course, why didn't I think of that? What about like a waterproof leather jacket that's also kind of like a hoodie and a bomber? Because you, right. you pull all these references from things that are very overlooked. Yeah. Or maybe, and, yeah. And I say this in all these in, in a loving, good way. Like, because when you talk about like you were in the bubble, but like you, you grew up in, in New York. Mm. So you saw yeah. an amalgamation of culture smashed together. Right. And then people trying to ascend a cultural ladder through 
their behavior and right. you know, product. And right. so it's like the leather jacket in and of itself has been a status symbol for ages. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you, you would uh, go to Orchard Street, you know, Bingo. and, and yeah, things like man. that, 100%. And, you know, embossed leather. Remember when that was popping with people with like yeah. eagles uh-huh. on there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, 100%. Like, so I don't know. There's like um, being, a, being a kid in New York, you don't have a car. And so like your jacket is your car, right? Mm. And so there are times where you, when you lived in the way, I, the way I grew up, you know, it's just sort of like you want to have the best car that you could possibly get your hands on. Sure. You know, kind of by any means necessary. And so in that, I think about that from time to time, because obviously it's not the case now. A lot of people have don't live in New York and a lot of my I don't, I don't know who my customer is exactly, but a lot of them do not live in New York. Sure. But I always think about it in that sense where it's like, you you know, I just, I, I you know, like I, there's no real elevator pitch for the type of work I'm doing. But it's just like I try to take not only the European savoir-faire, but things like Ventile or things like the idea of... Uh, uh, against the weather and try to Americanize it, try to just simplify it and just try to take the stuffiness out of it, like take the preciousness out so you can live in it in a different way, you know, not not worry about, you know, getting it damaged or dirty or something, just really kind of be your authentic self and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned the Ventile stuff and I remember when you had were launching your collection early on, mm-hmm. you, it was important for you to have the name of the fabric right. on the product that you were making. Right. And that is not a common thing amongst designers who make stuff to say, this is the fabric. And right. and, and you're, I mean, you're giving a ton of credit to the fabric on there. Like, why do you feel that? Why, why did you feel you had to do that? I, I, I think, you know, a lot of times um, there's, there's things that are just in it of itself, just so genuine and authentic that you don't want to take away from that. And you could put the labels on the inside or you can really... Um, yeah, because it wasn't hidden. I mean, it was no, a no, whole no. sleeve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the way I Americanize it, right. you know? Okay. And I think about, I, I love to think about mid-tier American brands because they're so forgotten. It's just like, they're, they they just get tossed. Um, and I think about Chaps and I think about Nautica and I think about all those things that for me, sometimes I didn't necessarily live in it myself, but I had a respect for it. Right. And they felt so American to me. You know, it felt very, and, and more so New York. Yeah. Right? And so for me to put Ventile on a sleeve was very New York, but it was like the Rolls Royce of doing it right as a fabric. Right. You know, and as much as like you can get better things that are more, you know, better for inclement weather. But there's something about that kind of uh, old idea yeah. of something like that, you know? And so for me, it was very referencing very high-end stuff and kind of, I don't want to say low-end in a disrespectful way, but low-end too, to a certain degree. And right. kind of mixing that together, yeah. you know? And also there's a whole bunch of people that don't even know what Ventile is. Yeah, I mean, I, I made me realize like, oh, should we explain it? Because it's it's a waterproof cotton, correct? Well, it's not. It is. But basically what it does is once it gets wet, it tightens up. Right, okay. Right? So it's, you know, usually it's a layer, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to have something else underneath. But, uh, you know, it was, it's this beautiful old idea before the advent of Gore-Tex. And, and exactly. Yeah. And so that to me is beautiful in itself. You know, it's like, because I, I come from a place that I was saying to you earlier, you know, I don't really have any kind of heritage or tradition because I'm, I'm a displaced person, right? I don't, I, I came here when I was three and I didn't have any money. So I really didn't belong anywhere. Um, I grew up in a black neighborhood. I'm not black. So it's always uh, trying to find where I could put myself 
Yeah. <laughs> right? But um, I like to take this idea of coming from a place that's real, but what's real to me, right? I don't have that heritage. I don't have that tradition. I don't have that upbringing, upbringing that I was on a boat or something like that. Or, um, you know, I don't think there's anyone in my family that would know what Gore-Tex is, right? Let alone Ventile. Right. Right. So how do I pull together something that really is something new but comes from tradition or, or heritage. But, you know, it's like, how do you define those two things? Depends on whose heritage, whose tradition, right? Yeah, I mean, that's something I, I think about that it makes me wonder, like, have you felt an additional weight to communicate on the behalf of others who have come to this country displaced? Right, 100%. So for fall 22... Uh, I I wanted to take this idea of doing again. It's the idea, and I used uh, the phrase "town and country." Just kind of thinking about like uh, how you know you grew up with like, especially New York, like really loving polo country and um, double RL, you know, Nautica, you know, stuff that you would see at Paragon, Patagonia, lots of stuff, right? And so like it wasn't made for us. It wasn't I, by us. I mean, it wasn't made for me and my friends. We had to take it, right? right? It wasn't made for anyone uh, but for the country club, right? right? Or for the idea of like summering or… AKA or, like people of a higher economic Exactly. You status. know, going to the Hamptons, going upstate, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so I wanted… And I love those things. But then I was like, I don't… I can't really take any ownership of any of that. So how do I do it if I love it, right? So then I tried to make it for for myself and for my friends. And I thought about that for a while. And I thought about like the idea of just being outside, right? And and uh, just like wilderness and those ideas of hiking and, and just like, you know, being by a lake or something like that. And that wasn't my experience with it. And so I tried to get a little bit underneath all of that. And I started thinking about like my mom and her experience of coming to this, bringing me to this country, you know, mm-hmm. going through uh, illegally crossing the border, you know, uh, and just like risking her life, uh, my life, you know, and just, you know, she would tell me about being in, you know, the woods and then being in the desert and then being, you know, just like stashed in someone's house for a couple of days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so it's like, I thought about those things and I thought about like what it means for me to come here. And so like, I just put that all in a blender and I came up with this idea of using these symbols that you would see in uh, the Mexican US border, warning you of people crossing the border. And I, I thought those signs, I remember being a kid and seeing those signs when I was, I, I used to go to, to LA in the summers because my mom couldn't take care of me. And I remember I was, they used to take me to Mexico and I would see the signs of, of the family crossing the yellow. It's like a yellow rectangle. Mm-hmm. And I would tell my aunt, like, what is that? And then she'd be like, oh, it's like, because people cross the border here. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. So sad. Mm. And then I would see all the signs and I remember going back and forth because uh, we would go down for like a weekend or something like that you know, randomly. And I would love the signs because it was like mountains and snakes and um, just random. And I I always thought they were cool as symbols, but then I also know the backstory of all of that. When did you really learn the backstory of that? Like, I would ask, I think, I think, yeah, I would just, I've always just been curious, right? I always wanted to understand things. Yeah. Um, to really, again, coming coming to here, to New York, and and just being always defensive with your clothes. You always want to know. Right. Right. But it that kind of took over part of, like, everything for me. You always want to question, like, why and this and that. And so um, I would ask, and my my aunt would tell me, and, and uh, when it came to this collection, I wanted to do this kind of idea of, 
Patagonia or, or fleece and all these other things, but how do I do that, right? Without referencing the experience in New York of America, but also putting in the real DNA of my brand, not into the brand, but into the product. Yeah, that was something you mentioned earlier, you know? is, and which is different because I think a lot of people are like, oh, all of these things are small puzzle pieces that make up this overarching story of my brand and interpretation. And like you have that with individual. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I like, yeah, what I think what I said, I probably said it way better before, but You're it's fine. like, <laughs> I, I, um, I put my, the, the creativity that I put into the work is not in the brand, but in the product. Yeah. It's all in the product. And I think it resonates so much more and it really cultivates this uh, new way of looking at clothing or, or feeling clothing or doing clothing. You know, I feel like there's not enough emotion or, 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 or creativity in that way. Mm-hmm. It's all just like, if you're going to make something that is considered luxury, I feel like you really need to do your work. You really need to do something that. Yeah, what is luxury now? I mean, I, I, I don't even know if you have. I fight with that answer? all the time. I fight with that. Luxury is a very tough thing to grapple being who I am in particular. Like I, this summer, you know, one of the dearest people for me that I work with, you know, was showing me all this stuff. And then I said, you know, we were talking about Vicuña and... Um, Which is the most precious fabric. Exactly. Natural fiber ever. And and he he made some fleece to show me with it. He's like, oh, I had some. And he's like, I, he, he was like, I thought you would really love Vicuña fleece? Yeah. What the fuck? I know. I know. I know. But then it's just like when you touch it, oh, it's just like your mind, everything stops. Yeah. So when you have luxury in that sense where everything stops, okay, I feel like that's what it should be. But in this day and age, people wear their money on their sleeve. So... You know, it comes literally. In, yeah, literally. <laughs> so basically, you know, it's turned into something that can feel ugly at times. But for me, luxury is that that moment when you touch or you feel something or that that moment of of love, of joy. Yeah. That you're like, oh my God. Well, and I think that's the thing too. And it kind of jump us back on the road here. Like you're making luxury, explaining or I don't know, exploring your own heritage and the in some ways people would say it's like the american dream because if you if you look at and i don't even know what the american dream is for some people <laughs> but i'm going to try to explain my definition so yeah, it doesn't yeah. get confused with yeah. others is you came here and you had to figure out who you were it right sounds like you're still figuring out who you are because you're being forced to look at where you truly came from and now you're exploring that and trying to reconcile the hat, what you had and what you didn't have, but still make art that can kind of help you digest that. But something that you had said before we started recording is that you're being viewed as this, you know, El Salvadorian male who has, you know, climbed this ladder as this very highly, highly respected designer. But you, it sounded like you were also wrestling with the fact that, like, yeah, this 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 particular work that yeah. this season, this this fall twenty two. Um, I I grappled with with it because it's like I'm speaking to the effect of that experience, but I'm not speaking to them, right? Because it's a, the way the work is built, it's a particular price point, and it makes me feel really bad, to be really frank. You know, I I'll disclose this now. I you know whatever, but um, the embassy here from El Salvador wanted to give me. Uh, in honor and I kind of I not I not kind of I said I, I don't think I can I I, I would you said want you didn't that. think you deserved it. Yeah. And I participated in this thing with them and, and I want to continue to work with them, but I was kind of I felt ashamed because I was like 
I'm speaking for them, but I'm isolating them and taking them out of it totally by making it in a very particular context that is luxury. Right? I think, but yeah, I mean, and obviously I have the privilege of, of being outside of all that, but what if it was also looked at as a way of inspiration? And I, cause I think like, that's the thing that really, it breaks my heart in a ways where like, you look at other designers, they don't have to fucking say all that. Maybe, and in some cases, they're trying to find some sort of, uh, maybe not to use the word trauma, but some sort of emo- heavily emotional uh, thing that they can tap into that can, that can activate some different creative part of your brain. And you're just trying to figure out where you fit in mm. and you're just making art to have that exploration. But it's like the honor that is wants to be bestowed upon you to think you don't deserve it is separate than like, what if that is the inspiration for others to think that they can earn it? Right. Because you, I would say you've, you're you earning all of this stuff. You're busting Yeah, your I mean, ass. listen, like I, I feel at the same time, I've, I feel very privileged and I know that where I stand today is not easy to get to, you know, and, and it, but I've, I've also at the same, in the same breath, I've worked my ass off. Like I've, I've worked really hard to get here, but um, yeah, I, I understand that. I do understand, you know, just like having someone else say, oh, wow, I, you know, it's like, uh, maybe you, I can do this. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do understand that, but it's, you know, the business, the business is, is, is it's stabilizing, you know, obviously the pandemic has affected me heavily. Uh, I'm touch wood. I've had growth every <laughs> season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, um, I've had growth every season, but the business is not what it should be. You know, and if it was 10 times bigger, would it be what it should be? No, I don't know what that number is, to be really honest. But for me, like at the same time, you know what I would love is I'd love to be able to say like, oh, I could give X amount to the sales of this, to Mm. this thing. You know what I mean? I would love to do that, but I can't. I can't. Everything, everything is going right back into the business. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. If the business like touch wood gets to a place, I definitely want to participate in a bigger way in those types of things, giving back, you know, like going down there and, and talking to people about it. You know, mm. I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what I exactly I would do, what opportunities could possibly come my way to, to participate in helping. I think it's okay that you don't have, you don't have to have the answer. I don't think you need yeah, to say but like, I, I want to, I have the, yeah. I have a, a huge desire and urge to really kind of, uh, that's enough. I think that's the important thing is just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, not that not doing things, but I think thinking and and trying to look at things in your roadmap, I just it it often upsets me of like so many designers are like, well, what's your charitable thing? Well, what's your this and right. what's your this? And I get that we all are better together. A rising right. tide does lift 100%. all ships. But it's also like let people process and let people figure these things out. And just the fact that it's becoming something that's more discussed than ever mm. is good. It's still a win. And I think that that's an important thing to champion than to constantly put someone under a magnifying glass and say, yeah, but you could do better. Right. Yep. Well, it's great that you did this and you have all these designers and people that we won't even name because someone would think I'm lying. Right. Of how they love your design and love your work. That's good. That's great. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 (laughs) 100%. It's just, I I just, you know, I always want to make sure, like, in the work, I'm also, respecting all, all the yeah. different things I involved it. with it. You know, I, I really want to make something that uh, I'm proud of. You Are know? you? I, I, yeah, I think to, to date, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm very proud of, of uh, what, what I've done and, and, and the work itself, you know. I'm I'm happy to say like, you know, it doesn't, you know, not everything I make is a tank. You know, I make things that are very precious, but at the same time, they they work in a, in a new way. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, is uh, 
exciting, you know? Like I made uh, a work shirt for next spring that uh, Tournier from France, uh, who does very beautiful, amazing, delicate tweeds, um, they made for me in homage to the aprons my grandmother wore. You know, these aprons that were <laughs> like, cool. that look like pinatas. Oh my God. And it's like every kind of, uh, it's like full turbo <laughs> uh, tweed from Tournier. It's like eyelash tweed, ribbon tweed. It's very, very delicate. Like from far away, it looks like a cheesy pink flannel. But as you get up close, it's this intense work. And it's an apron. It, well, no, it's a, it's a work shirt, but it's, oh, it's in memory. Me. It's in memory of the aprons my grandmother wore. My okay. grandmother lived here in New York and she wore thrifted men's clothes and she was very tactile in every part of her life. Like she was, she was an amazing human being. Like she was like, she collected bottles to recycle to get money, right? Like me and my brother and my sister, we grew up collecting cans and going to the beverage and getting money for it. But in the same breath, my grandmother was the town loan shark, you know? And she was such an amazing character. Like she was just like amazing, but she was never a feminine woman. Like she was just like, again, she was so tactile, but she always had these aprons that she would have made in El Salvador. They were always like pink or pastel and they had ribbons and frills. But at the same time, they she had them made with like secret pockets, you know, so she can, you know, have her money yeah. or steal something, you know, <laughs> like seriously, she would steal a beer, you know. <laughs> She would steal my brother and sister Yuhu, you know. Oh God, the greatest trick ever. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you know she was like such a uh, intense work of humanity, mm-hmm. you know. And the apron is something that always uh, resonated to me because that's how she kept her feminine, you know, self. And so in the spring collection, I wanted to still speak to the effect of my experience into the product and not into the brand. But I wanted to do it. I felt like I, I pushed myself to do it in a new way, so it wasn't so uh, heavy-handed in a way that had to be these references to trauma you know mm-hmm. something that was more uh with joy in mind right you know right and and to me that you know to tell that story to me is always like a lot of fun because it's like whenever when anyone saw that shirt i i don't want to say i i don't i he i don't know if he would be comfortable with me saying his name but uh, a hispanic guy i know that i just met um came to see my collection in milan and he saw the shirt he's like yo this is crazy and i was like yo that's my grandmother's apron and he's like i know what that is he's mm. like he's like because he's from guatemala mm. he's like i know what that is exactly you know he's like i have i have chills right now because he's like every woman in central america has that apron in the market you know oh, man and he gets it like yeah. he saw it and he gets it and i'm like and you know who made that he's like who I'm like tournier he's like what yeah <laughs> you know and like to me that's exciting you know like for me to be able to uh have that person who would know that reference would be like wow that's intense yeah how do you handle that like boost when you're there like because are you able to are you able to take those things and kind of silo them so you can pull yeah. them out when you need them again well i i didn't enjoy that at the moment because it's like <laughs> a lot i was going through a okay. lot this summer just okay. like you know you know, because there's the back office of everything you got to run with the business. It's still a business at the end of the day. But, you know, I take this moment telling you about it and it, it makes me feel like I did my job, you know, to a certain degree. But right. it makes me also proud, you know, to to, to be able to um, tell that story. Yeah. Do you, for people that, you know, want to get that stuff that may never understand that story or that connection. Mm. Like, is that cool with you? Yeah, no, actually it is. I Like, even with... Uh, with like, the, I want to wear that the, fleece. Yeah, for me, if you <laughs> see that fleece, I think if you don't know the story, it's just a beautiful fleece. It's just really... Like, I, I wore it quite a bit. I wore the sample because it was cold. And I remember being in Florence. We went to Florence for one day to have... I can't remember what the meeting was, but I wanted to go to this restaurant that I love in Florence. And I was like, we have to go because they have this curry chicken. 
and it's bananas. But anyway, walking around Florence, not during pity, not during anything. You know, it's just normal Florence tourism, basically Times Square. Yeah. And I had like five people come up to me and say like, wow, where'd you get that jacket? And I was just, me, motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was with, I was with uh, uh, Ernesto uh, who works with me and uh He's like, and he would be like, he would be like the wingman who would be like, no, nah, because yeah. I'm too like, it, it kind of like throws me in a place where I just like, huh? <laughs> you know? I am. Um, yeah. And, I and then it. he's like, oh no, he's, he designed it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, luckily I had him there. But uh, it was, uh, it was nice, you know, to be in the middle, you know, because, you know, as much as Italy gets credit, they're not a, a fashion country like that. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's not like the most passive piece. It's, it's aggressive. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, people like really liked it um, that had nothing to do with fashion. And that to me was cool. But they had no idea what the story was. Had no idea. They just liked it for the visual. Right. I mean, and that that's the best. When people try to say, well, what is art and how do I appreciate art? It's uh-huh. like, that's what you just said is it in the sense that yeah, I never thought about maybe that. if you know everything right you can get a deeper level of appreciation right but you actually don't need to know everything right 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 you know like when you look at i don't know edward hopper or something like that you can go and look at and say that's cool yeah and then if you're like oh man the trauma that that was experienced that him as a failing you know illustrator that couldn't do it and then the love and support of his wife who helped run his estate and champion him and encouraged him and and he became this american artists of all Icon. these things right yeah, yeah. exactly right right so you right. You, you don't have to because i think in some cases some people now mm. are often even even myself obviously are intimidated about owning certain things unless you understand a hundred percent of it because then it's like well you know i've always wrestled with that with anything that is of means like for watches where it's like i can't ever buy a rolex or do this unless i know every single aspect because i want to back it up when someone is going to tell me that i don't deserve what i have hmm. you know yeah no I, I i totally understand that but i always try to bury the reference so it feels like a reference to the reference to the reference <laughs> yes yeah, so, so it's so it's more rewarding the more you learn yeah <laughs> okay that's fair you know, I, 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 I like, like what I said, like I put the story into the product and then not into the brand is for that. Now that you're telling me that yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, even like the work itself, like forest designs means nothing. doesn't mean anything. Like the label itself is number just denotes like when it was made. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I never, I never wanted, you know, and that in itself is very tricky to kind of talk about in that sense too, because it's like, you know, it's still a business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People who are not like fashion conscious of that kind of tone always question me about it they're always like well why don't you put it on the tag and i'm like you know because i want the product to speak first like i want i want the product to really live on its own and that itself is like another layer right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um i don't know i like i said sometimes i do feel like i'm shooting myself in the foot but it's just like my pursuit of just or this journey that i have that i want to see something i've not seen so it's just like that's why there's like all this kind of it's like a layer cake right so it's sort of like it's not so referential to like one particular thing you know like you know i have i i get this kind of thing where it's like um i do chanel for the boys right and uh can you explain what that is real quick because like i i have like kind of i do these kind of also references on the other side of all of this to the work she did you know like the coco chanel yeah and the work she did is amazing you know like she was um she was a a warrior i think you know to kind of like she was making things that were so the opposite of her time 
Mm-hmm. Right. For women. Right. And then she was doing these things like, you know, like a Chanel jacket, you know, and it's like canvas, like a civil row jacket. But at the same time, it on the hem of a Chanel jacket is a chain, you know, mm-hmm. and she does that. So it hangs perfectly. You know, it's like yeah, a, me- a metal chain, not a metal a chain, chain. Stitch. Yeah, 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 a metal chain. Sorry, a metal no, chain right. to make it hang properly the way she wants it to hang. Yeah. For and this is like an idea from a woman for another woman. And that to me is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That to me is beautiful. Just the sentiment of that. Well, and especially the longevity of that, like the silhouettes and stuff created there. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's similar to like Savile Row stuff in the sense that like, it's just, um, you know, it doesn't need to evolve. A hundred percent. And then, but you know, she took it, she took all of that from this idea of military, right? Military garment. Yeah. And she used like very incredible tweeds, right. you know, that were for men. Yeah. Right. And she, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but to me, it feels like she wanted to make something that people didn't want to get rid of and that would last, you know, and things that were tough, you know, like she was making clothing out of jersey. She was the first one to make clothing out of jersey. Right, right. You know, it was only for underwear back then. Right. So to me, like those and those ideas that are so old, they still are for me, they're still so modern now. And and to me, that that work, I don't know if people do that type of work anymore. Well, and clearly you do. (laughs) <laughs> but like, I think the thing is, I don't know you know, you can, that's the thing where it's like someone can see the the cardigan style jackets that right. you, you, you know, that you've made, which it it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, if you know, you know, right. And if you don't, you can look at me like, man, this is great. The fabric is really yeah, cool. Like it's heavy. Me- it's the, the buttons are kind of different and weird and you get it and you can just wear it and go on with the rest of your life. Because when we were talking earlier, when you think about brands that are really successful, mm. they sell to people who don't really care about clothes. Like it, mm. when you think of the biggest biggest brands like you and i we love clothes people mm. that are listening to this they love clothes they want to analyze they want to yeah. they want to they want to have a more rewarding experience the longer they own it but like the brands that just have so much you know cash and all these things that can do it are brands that like in my head i will make fun of and joke about and be silly because they're being sold to people who don't care about clothes right and you know and that's like where that that's where the, the longevity of some of those brands come in but it's like but then those brands have to reinvent themselves to get credibility from the people who are the clothing critics right. and all that stuff. And so it's like, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like, um, yeah, I made a sweater last spring where it, I put the logo, it's a rib cotton sweater, uh, crepe cotton. And I wanted the logo to be on the rib because usually with a rib, you would then have to make a window, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a, a square of sorts. Yeah. So it can fit because the rib, yeah, the fabric's kind of over, yeah, like an accordion style thing. Yeah. And you know, I told the knitter, I was like, I don't, I don't want that. I was like, you know, basically like embroider it on the rib. And he's like, who cares? And I'm just like, you know, it's just like, for me, I just don't want a box and I want to see some, it's like, you don't see it, but you, you know, I think to have that clean, just right on the rib, it's like, you can't put your finger on why you like it or why it's different than the next sweater. And that's part of the work for me. Like you can't put your finger on it. And it's not just in the references, but it's in the construction as well. You know, I want to, and, and, and these kind of very simple styles that were made for the military was just for ease, right? And some mm-hmm. of it obviously was for ceremony, et cetera, et cetera. But for Coco Chanel to acknowledge that and, and, and bring it into her world, to me, I always thought it was very cool. And I like, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of saying or thinking that, you know, maybe like I'm taking it back to the boys. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, I quite enjoy when I see like like uh, the girls that work for me too. When they wear it, it's always very cool for me to see that. But uh, to see girls wearing it, but you know anyone could wear it. It doesn't matter for me. In in essence, like for me, it's just I don't I don't want you to put a finger on this. I want you to just like it to like it, and that's it. Yeah. So it, it, the reference to the reference to the reference <laughs> ultimately is not important to the end game but it's important to me because again i want to see something new and i can't help but be myself and so i i have to be authentic in the product you know because i want i want to stand by it yeah so you're you're radiohead if if radiohead (laughs) made clothes and and to to match what you were saying right no yeah i guess so that's funny you know because yeah but uh no that's pretty funny Uh, i know i wouldn't i wouldn't have come to that realization ever but um yeah kind of you know because they do a really good job in referencing music but like from the past but you kind of don't realize it yeah you know? You're like, is this Brahms? Is this no? Wait, yeah. oh, oh no, it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. You know, because sometimes, like I like I was saying before, like I'll tell when I when I ask for something to be made, I get questioned a lot. Well, in the beginning, now I don't get questioned so much. You know, touch wood. You know, I don't. They they believe in me. They they have fun with me now. But um, in the beginning, I had to really talk, and I had to always refer to something that they would know, but it wasn't really. Th- the reference to that person or that thing was the idea of it, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, it'd be very tricky for me to just like copy. Like it just like, it doesn't sit well with me to just copy something. So, cause again, I just, I have to add something more and more and more and more until it's something completely different from the original idea that I was thinking about. But um, I can't, I'm not a, I'm not a designer in the sense of, of designing from fantasy. I can't make a three sleeve sweater, but so I always have to come. My, my first starting point is always rooted in real menswear right real real authentic menswear it always starts from there and then as i drive the car you know it goes all over the place but it always comes from that place and then the fantasy goes you know when i turn the corner so it'd be very difficult for me to 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 really kind of i don't know do something other than that i can't it's not it's like i'm not wired that way i don't know why no, I think that's totally fair, and and I don't, don't know, I don't know, to. I don't know how they think, like all these other people. But I think it's also the same thorough line where it's like you, I don't know if they can come from a place that comes from nowhere. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is and with every single person on this planet, no one has the exact identical experience. No, even people that have come here displaced, mm-hmm. even people that have come from you know St. Louis, Missouri, like well, right. whatever that is, right? Like right. it's everyone has that stuff, and I think right. it's. There's often the question like, how much do you want to examine your past and right. and communicate that to others? Because some people, maybe they had a crazy good life and maybe they are embarrassed or maybe they're mm. overly proud and they just don't want to talk about it. And I, I mean, right. I especially, I think this is something that happens too when you have kids. I mean, you, you know, mm. you have a lovely family. Like you're, you, you kind of see like, oh yeah, I grew up this way. And you find out that maybe someone else is growing up differently. Mm. And you just kind of start to unpack that. And I think it's interesting how we are constantly looking at how to improve what we had. It, it does make me feel more empathetic to any parent, mm. my own and other parents. We are like, yeah, you know what? But everyone's still, they're, they're trying. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, children having kids uh, definitely makes you filter everything completely different. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure that works the same way. I mean, some unconsciously, I'm sure that works its way in your designs. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I especially like my, my little girl is, um, she's not wired like me. <laughs> she's very curious. She's very, very curious. But um, for, you know, she's eight. 
right? So how you you can't really be so heavy handed with like this idea of um, of the trauma and and emotion and things like that. But she is very excited about you know her dad makes clothes, mm-hmm. right? That's a cool story. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting. I guess I never I never thought about it that way, but it's exciting. But um, I also always get back to the starting point when I try to communicate to her that it's not easy. You know, it's not like um, it's not like you just make a sketch and throw it in the air and it's made, right? And mm-hmm. I, and I and I share with her from time to time steps, and then she, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing is too, especially now, like people, you know, there's a. Uh, some younger designers that I like follow and try to pay attention to. And one of them was like, I'm done designing yeah, physical not... clothes. Physical I'm only clothes? designing oh clothes in the metaverse. And I'm doing oh this. God. And I was just like, uh-oh. And it just was like, this is so over my head. I'm yeah. like, sure, is that is that okay? Sure, maybe that's okay. Because yeah. in my head, I was initially like, clown. Well, you know, well but, the thing is about it, you know, like doing this, it's like, it's still a business, right? Yeah. It's still a business, you know? It's like... It's what separates it from like really saying it's art because like in six months time, you have to do it again. And to do it again, you had to have sold what you made six months ago. Mm -hmm. And so that cycle, unless you have a ton, a ton, a ton of capital, it's hard to function. You know, I, I, I tell people like, you know, it's like there's points in times in the year where you're paying for three seasons all at once. Oh. You know, that's, you know, you know, you're to pay for three seasons all at once. Right. That is not a walk in the park. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Your money or someone else's money. It it's not so simple, you know? And you don't see the return on that and if everything is perfect, if everything is perfect for 6 months. Yeah. Nothing is perfect. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, for anyone, um, you know, that, that thinks it's very simple, it's, it's not, it's very, very hard. I mean, for me, it's just like, this is all I know. So it's like, I don't, I, I also don't want to, I've worked too hard to just throw this out the window. Like, what do I do? Like outside of this, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, what would you do if you I don't even, making clothes? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I always have this like joke that I'm going to, um, just get enough money to like open a laundromat and walk away in the sunset <laughs> or work at Target just so I have health insurance. You're going to go full. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've thought about that too. But things have been bad. I was like, okay, Elizabeth. I was like, I can always go work at Starbucks and I can get health insurance. No, I know. (laughs) I had this conversation a few weeks ago with somebody in Italy where it's just like, that's a real thing, man. Like you have to think about like, you know, I need health insurance. My family needs health insurance. Yeah. That's like more important than like making that much money. Oh my, yes. I think that is... (laughs) One of the continued things when you think about artistry in other countries and other places where like so many times, like, yeah. you know, I was watching British Bake Off, right? That I've not seen that. I want to see that. I need to see more TV. <laughs> and and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I work as a nanny in the day or I work as, you know, like a teacher. And then I also have a business and I like, you know, make Legos and stuff. And you're just like, and they were just so happy and so content. And I was like, yeah, I know why they're so happy. Because they're not freaking out every month about health insurance. A hundred percent. Dude. I was like sitting there so jealous. Thousand percent. I was yeah, like, yeah, I'd yeah. love to just dick around with Legos and hang out with kids and <laughs> yeah. like, just can be you, a dad. Can you imagine? It would like, America would change totally. Like people would have sanity. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, but it's, it's like, just, yeah. It's it's wild. I think that's the, the hardest part because like, yeah, you know, as a creative, it's, if you work for you, I mean, there's no blammo health insurance. Wait, what is it? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm on the 4S health insurance plan. Like, well, what is that? 
you know. Can you imagine? Yeah, or your, your, what is your, your 401k matching look my, like? And all my, that stuff? my little girl, she started a new school. She's in third grade now. And she, like, she's been to the nurse. I guess she was, she always went to the nurse prior to kill time, I think, now that I think about it. All right. But she's like, Dad, in third grade now, the nurse, all she does is just give you an ice pack. That's it. Just an ice pack. <laughs> That's funny. That's the 4S health insurance. We're just giving you Yeah, we're just going to give you an ice pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell her when I get home. Yeah, she'll crack up. No, but it's like it's true, man. It's wild times, man. It's wild times. It's wild times. But uh, um, that's probably one of the things that maybe is is uh, killing the American dream, right? Well, I mean, yeah. And, and look, here's the thing: I, we're not gonna solve it. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to. But like that is when you think about the anxiety. Yeah, that 100%. and in most cases. You know, it's we're in this unique position because his up until this point, the lifespan of individuals was growing more and more. Mm. The population was growing more and more, which becomes burdensome, for lack of a better term, on the health industry mm. to provide care. You know, elder care. You know, I mean, my dad's stuff. Do my it? I looked it up to find out what would it cost, but my dad in like 24 hour care mm. is four grand a month. Mm. I'm like, I can't afford that. And that's, that's also probably with someone who's not great making a, and also probably not even making a, you know, enough money. Right. Right. And so you're just like, right. son of like it. Yeah. So there's, yeah. I mean, I wish I could wave a magic wand and just yeah. have um, us not be worried about that not be worried about, you know, especially after COVID now, like I still find myself like overly sensitive over things mm. where, you know, I was in the shower and like, you know, you got the hot steam and I'm like, wait, am I sick? And I'm like, oh no, it's just right. steam. I just inhaled steam. Like chill out. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no, a hundred percent, man. No, it's, it's, um, yeah. It, it, and the thing is like, it's not really over. Right. Cause it's like, no, you know, we don't know. It's just so many things that so many variables that it's just like, it couldn't, you know, it'll work its way home. Hopefully, yeah. To I think endemic. It, I think thing, it's like, yeah. I think, I think it's going to get normalized, right? Yeah. I mean, it's right? basically been there. I mean, you've, we went and got coffee a minute ago, and everyone's yeah high fiving each other, and everything's fine. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. No. 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 It's like I, I like this. It's like just a conversation, really. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh and it's nice because my only other experience is like you know shouting back at, at someone else <laughs> oh, <yeah. Sorry. laughs> so yeah. this is this is a uh, nice and calm yeah um no but you know it's just like now that um it's like you know normal saying normalizing covid it's sort of like now i'm normalizing this this venture this business you yeah. know and so like you know like my team can now come to me and and it's like i'm i'm kind of trying to reset and kind of just go Maybe back to like travel exactly and week. and and try to like get my footing again and it's it's been really surreal to think about that you know yeah. like having conversations on the business end of things too just like what what the next steps are you know like talking to a lot of people that i've recently met in this business and talking to friends like what is like you know because the trickiest part for me and or the normalization of this now, I, I was on in a positive way. I was able to live in a bubble during the pandemic, but now I have to be out of that bubble. So now what's the next step for me and my business and communicating right. all this analog work in a digital way, you know, right. because like, you know, the bigger 
business partners I have, like, you know, like uh, the stores I sell to rather, right? Porter and Essence and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, how do we take the business now to a way where it's like mm, people are more aware or understand it in a different way? Because like sell-throughs that I have now for like mom and pop stores mm-hmm. are great, but you know, it's just like, and, and all the bigger guys are happy. They're fine. And so, you know, a couple of them are doing really well, but it makes me... Uh, start analyzing things like how how to uh, how to present it right right because like you know if, if if i was a different person you know because of like what i look like and who i am the business is different like if i was like a fabulous other person <laughs> i i get what you're saying you yeah. know i i might be a fashion superstar right now but like <laughs> taking taking what i do now and what who i am on the road you know, like I have to be a politician, maybe. I don't know. It's it's a very tricky thing to kind of think about. But and, it's like I have to really start normalizing that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, like when we were talking earlier on, we were recording. I mean, that's the thing where it's like I get frustrated now where it's like you can't just say like, here's the product. Right. You know, no, it's it's and even though there's so much work and effort in that product. But now it's like, well, I guess I got to get emotional and tell you everything. I so was, you get it, yeah. And, you know, and you're just like, ah. Oh. And, and so, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't envy you, but I also think it is, it's the best way to, to explain this where when I was playing music and I was trying to be a musician, there was this very successful artist who I, well, I viewed as very successful. And he was, he had offered me some advice and I was like, you know, how are you able to make a living like playing music? Yeah. And he's like, eat? well, he's like, for me, like music is art. And most artists have to find some compromise to their art to make a living. And the ones that are the happiest are the ones that can compromise enough to make it a decent living. And some people who refuse to compromise realize they're not able to make their art forever because they refuse, you know. Now, look, there obviously there's a couple where you have some people and it's like, I'm not compromising anything and right. somehow by the skin of their teeth who knows or what right. are the privileges that they have outside of that right but he was just like you know yeah like i want to make this song and i wanted it to be this or i want to make a rock opera i want to do that yeah he's like i'm gonna have to do this i'm gonna have to shorten the song to three and a half minutes right so it works on the radio so someone does this so some you know and he's like so i have to find a way to compromise and that's something that i always think about where it's like to make the living off of the art not to make the art right you know there's some form of minor compromise or mm. major Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that, that's 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 kind of like uh the next kind of thing i have to tackle like how yeah. do i normalize it so it's not just like on this fast forward motion where yeah. i'm just making things right um and how how do you communicate the idea of a brand now that is so you know it's so many different angles it's deep it's a very deep and rewarding brand but yeah, you know, to a bigger to 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 a bigger kind of audience and scale, um, that communication is is, is uh, the next challenge I have, and yeah. I, I'm not I'm not very good at that. So <laughs> I mean, wish, you're, wish you're me doing luck. Fine now. Wish yeah. me luck. But no, I mean, uh, you know, we'll see. Like, it's just like right now, it's like step by step. But um, I'm looking forward to normalizing it too. You know, because like I want to like you know work on my back. Yeah. I don't want back pain anymore. <laughs> yeah, your physical back is what. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Exactly. Phys- literally. Yeah. Um, and you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, being a good friend again, because I'm a terrible friend. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but (laughs) I'm a terrible friend, but, um, no, I mean, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really, it's very, I'm very pleased that now the mills are on my side. Um, you know, people are understanding it on that end more so that I don't have to, you know, be aggressive and not compromise 
and you know be able to expand mm -hmm. expand on on these kind of ideas in in a different way and you know tell this tell this story in a in a in in a in a, in a setting that is more real than than during a pandemic right yeah. right so that that to me is i'm, I'm very uh, excited to, to look and looking forward to that um just that experience right like what is yeah. that what is that going to be for me well we'll find out yeah angela thank you no. very very much for chatting no thank you this was uh this was really this was great it, yeah no this is a lot of fun <laughs> I, i'm 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 happy to to be here yeah well likewise i will talk to you soon until right. next time all right see ya bye Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Blamo. We're edited by Marlal, our music by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we're produced by Blamo Media. If you like the show, tell a friend, give us some good vibes. You can follow us on social media at Blamo Podcast or send us an email at info at Thanks a lot, everyone. See you soon. <laughs>